Sound good? Sounds good to me. Oh, let's see if we can keep you awake. It's okay. I uh, I just I yawn a lot when I talk a lot, so <laughs> it's a thing. Elf, thank you so much um, for joining the series two of the Express Yourself podcast. Um, it's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much. Heck yeah, it's it's awesome being here. I mean, I'm excited to talk about mental health. Super. Yeah, and I think it's I think it's really important. And I was I was really excited when when I approached you and you said yes, I'm willing to talk about it because I know you've probably got experiences that a lot of people um, on the show who I've had so far haven't had. I, I hope so. Like honestly, um, I don't know. I I just end up passing along a lot of the advice my therapists tend to tend to have told me over the years. So. Well, if it's worked for you, then um, that that's what we're also what we're trying to get out today. Things that worked for you, um, hopefully they'll work for other people as well. Not everything works for everyone, but there will be some some things. So um, yeah, welcome and thank you so much. Um, I remember we met, and correct me if I'm wrong, through a Discord community called uh, DTR. That is exactly where we where we met. Yes, yes. Yeah, and I think I I kind of joined one of your streams one day. I'm not sure what you're playing. This was a long time ago now. It feels like it's definitely months. I think we're going back six to eight months now. But um, yeah, I joined one of your streams. I loved your vibe. Um, and you then were on a, a podcast that DTR put um were hosting um around. I think it was stream help and designing your stream and um kind of art direction that type of thing and yeah from then on i think i've just kind of been really into kind of the the energy that you put out and I, lo I love what you're doing um on twitch at the moment so it's great to finally have you here as well well thank you thank you i mean honestly i'm always pretty surprised because i always consider you to be one of the most like wholesome streamers on my stream list just because you're you're always very kind and very like open, and you don't honestly you don't make as many poop jokes as I do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's your favorite poop joke? Come on. Oh no, my favorite poop joke. <laughs> I don't know. They're all a little crappy. Put <laughs> them. <laughs> so um why don't you start by kind of giving us a little bit of uh intro or information about kind of who you are as a, as a person as a, and as a streamer <laughs> oh my gosh uh that's that's a lot to pack into one little thing okay well um the long and short that i will use generally on the internet will just be um Hello, I'm Elfie. I am tired. I have cats. <laughs> I have lupus. And I like to stream. Um, but to go more in depth, I guess, like... Honestly, um... Well, let's see. I guess we can start at the beginning. Um, I started streaming because as somebody with lupus, I don't leave the house much. I am considered disabled. Um, 
I do get assistance from the government due to that, and I am no I am known to be immunocompromised. So this COVID stuff has been pretty scary for me. Right. Um, and on top of that, I have quite a few mental health issues. Um, some involving the way I grew up and probably some just being predisposed, like pre predisposed to it, I guess. So, you know, you, you mix that all together with the whole like, oh, there are days I literally cannot walk here, have a wheelchair, like, and it, it, it adds kind of a mishmash of things. But I started streaming because I wanted to be more social and I wanted a way to talk to people in the sphere of things that I love doing. Which, which is video games. Video games, um, creativity as well. You're very art artsy as well, aren't you? Yeah, I do do art. I, To be honest, I am still struggling to find out what I personally love about art again because I spent quite a few years focused on trying to monetize my art that I kind of forgot how to love it. Okay. So I am, that is definitely part of my mental health struggle too, is trying to find out like find the love for my own creations again you know and like honestly twitch is a great break from overthinking for that <laughs> yeah yeah i would agree i think for me twitch is something and, and from people that i've spoken to before on the podcast is is an escape it's something to take your mind off things that might be causing you to to overthink and overanalyze and yeah, for me personally, it's just a it's just a really nice escape to, as you talked about, socialize with new people, game with new people, um, in an area that you've got kind of a, a shared passion. Also, I I know I know there's a video component to this, so just for the record, I move around a lot. I can't help the stimming. It's it's like legitimately, when I'm the most comfortable, I will stim a lot. I won't make a lot of eye contact. That's kind of. ADHD, but I am currently also looking into uh, an autism spectrum testing to see if I don't have that as well, because I've found that it's been misdiagnosed and diagnosed a lot later in women due to how we're socialized and what have you. Right. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, I had to grab something so that I can you know, like, fiddle. fiddle. Yeah. I mean, yeah, obviously lots lots going on with you and i think one thing i can say for sure is that actually it makes you into this amazing amazing human that you are i as i said i really kind of enjoy spending time with you watching you engaging with you so um whilst mochi says hello hi mochi <laughs> hello yeah i i guess we don't see uh, a lot of the struggles that you go through and um, when you're streaming it's you, you a lot of the time, I think, with streamers, you see their best side. Um, so this just... There is quite a bit of masking to go with that, yes. Yeah. Um, but hopefully, like, this this podcast will allow you to kind of um, show kind of what happens behind the stream and help people learn from um, the experiences you've had. So you, you talked a little bit how kind of gaming is 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 one of your passions, what 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 role has gaming played in in your life? Um, honestly, at my lowest points, 
um, and I talk about this a lot. I did build my my first streams on the game Dragon Age Origins. That game got me through <clears throat> a lot during like a lot of the worst times. Um, and by the worst times, I mean I was hospitalized for suicidal ideation for about a week at one point. So oh. there have been some extreme times and being able to I guess play through something else but make the character your own really like helped me through a lot and I realized that I've done this like a lot through my whole life honestly um, when I was younger and uh, my parents were divorced I played a lot of video games um, so I played a lot of Nintendo 64 games especially so I loved Banjo-Kazooie I loved <laughs> Super Mario 64 I have a great love for Diddy Kong Racing because that's how I escaped like these characters would be friendly faces especially because um when I was younger kind of developmentally I think socially especially I was a bit behind so I did get teased quite a bit for both being overly hyper and kind of a teacher's pet overly emotional what have you so like my escape was video games for a very long time and still can be fairly often okay do was do you think it was um a a healthy escape looking back was there was there moderation in there or was was this your way of kind of hiding let's say well when when i was in elementary school and skipped three weeks of school um to play video games that probably wasn't the healthiest <laughs> but i mean that's not necessarily on me that's when parents need to be involved and unfortunately that took a bit so right okay so you you didn't necessarily have the support that you might have needed at that at that young age um to to help with everything that you were going through then i know that like and like i don't put the blame on anyone i think a lot of it could have come down to inexperience and my parents own mental illness that there's a lot there was a lot more stigma at the time um so them getting help for it was kind of not going to happen and my parents divorced when i was two three or something and my my father remarried at least uh wait let's see two more times so it was a bit difficult because I got moved around a lot growing up between family members. Okay. So you talked a little bit about the stigma when your when your parents were growing up. Um, you you were born in the states, were you? I was. Yeah, I was born in Cali. Okay. You know the divorce the divorce happy state. <laughs> do Do you still see a, a stigma when it comes to mental health nowadays, or do you think it's it, it's changed, um, improved? Is it is it is the awareness a lot higher? Are people kind of um, more open to it nowadays? Honestly, overall, there's been improvement, um, but there's still a big stigma, at least in the States. There's a very large stigma in, especially when it comes to socioeconomic class and race. So Asians and African-American people are less likely to have a supportive 
group of people say therapy will be great for you. I've found, personally. Um, and that's not based on any st statistics, don't like quote me in any papers, but I found this to be very true growing up in kind of the more of an economic hardship when I was younger. That that was true. Like blue collars definitely see more of a stigma against it, which I think is kind of what led to the whole political climate we have currently, among other things. Okay, so did do you, is there also kind of cultural um, elements to that? You, you mentioned kind of economically, but is there were, were you culturally brought up um, to be an American, or did you have a lot of influence from kind of um, Asia in terms of your, your parenting? I had both for sure, and the Asian side is very much keep your family struggles to yourself. Right. We don't share that with our, I would say, I'm not going to speak for any other uh, race of people because I, like, I can't, that's not my experience, but yeah. from the Asian perspective, yes, there was very much a, no, they don't need to know about this. Don't even tell your friends about this. Like, why are you making a big deal about it? Yeah. And there's a big shame culture. I mean, like my joke about the Philippines is this is what happens when you leave Asians and Catholicism and an island for a couple hundred years. But <laughs> okay, understood. Um, okay, so that I mean that that's interesting. So everything from your from your childhood, um, from perhaps like um, heretically heretic. How do you say that word? Heretic, hereditarily. Hereditarily, that that may have played a role, and then then it's kind of all bundled up into kind of adulthood and um you talked about kind of lupus and a potentially like adhd and um all these other types of recognized mental illnesses um is there a, is there a certain kind of moment or time when you struggle the most obviously covid is just kind of accelerating or um like heightening a, lo a lot of this at the moment but is there are there moments which are particularly difficult for you um honestly yes uh winter time is hard because less sun and i already uh, can't go out into the sun right because of the lupus so i need to take a bunch of extra vitamin d i know a lot of people who are in like the far north have issues too but my depression does get significantly worse at that time of year so you know yay and all that yeah I, th I think that's understandable i think like a lot of people even without these these added layers of um um difficulty struggle in the winter right is um i can't remember what it's called but it's something like winter depressions like people um, people need seasonal, seasonal yeah. affective disorder i believe we all need sunlight don't we to kind of um help with our happiness levels let's say yeah yeah for sure and i can't be in direct sunlight so take that as you will yeah. i as, when i was younger i was much more brown now i can pass as a white person <laughs> <laughs> and how like how does this make you feel on a on a daily basis like is it it, it must be it must be really really hard to to, to live like this is it is it or is it normal for you now 
the lupus is very normal at this point. I mean, I've been diagnosed for about 10 years. Um, it's just a daily part of life. There are days, obviously, where it becomes a burden and it becomes an issue and it affects everything. But for the most part, it's, ow, my knee hurts. That's annoying, you know? Um, actually, I, I was just thinking, going back to our previous discussion on the socioeconomics of, like, therapy and mental health, I think a lot of, especially Europeans, don't understand the structural difference between Europe's mental health system and America's even access to mental health system because we have to pay hundreds of dollars out of pocket if we don't have insurance to see a therapist once right and my medication with uh I'm on a special program because I'm considered disabled but my husband is on a similar medication. It costs him $60 a month with insurance. Wow. And so, that's just one of his medications. So yeah, accessibility is a, is a huge, huge issue, as, as you mentioned, for, um, for people who are not so well um, equipped when it comes to kind of economics and, and money and that type of thing. Yeah, I often say on stream, like, I have a lot of Americans talking about about life in America and politics and stuff. And I'm first to say, I have no idea, like American, how, how everything works over there. I've got a, I, I've got a faint idea, but not enough to kind of come in with any, to contribute to any conversation like that. So it, I think it's always trying to understand how cultures and um, things like that are, are different is really important because we don't all experience the same things and we a lot of us will, will assume certain things work in certain ways and that's not always the case yeah i do think that's the most important thing is like remind yourself every day that assumptions i mean it's it's right it's right in, it's right in the spelling right assumptions make an ass out of you and me yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> i love that that's so good so are you have you been able to access um therapy for for all these things or is it something that's kind of out of reach um to the level I, that you might need it i'm very lucky i have um it was mandated at first because i was on a suicide watch basically and i developed a very good um like at that point i got help from um the state government and our local like help that's in place that doesn't happen for everybody you know like there are people especially say um like even legal immigrants might have a hard time or anything like there's just a whole number of factors and i got very lucky that i could get access to a lot of things um and not fall through the cracks because there's so many people who do so, like, I've been to therapy for a good, a good number, of, like, a good number of years, at least 10. Uh, I do, COVID definitely affected it, and I've definitely suffered for not. In fact, my husband has been pushing me to go see a therapist again, but since my old therapist retired, I've been very sad 
because mm -hmm. when you develop a relationship with a good therapist, um, especially their style, um, it's hard to find another one. And I find that I personally get along with older therapists um, who have a bit more of the old-fashioned approach to therapy and not the, you know, touchy-feely friend type. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, a certain style worked for you and it's... it's... Yeah, I can understand because even if it, if you, even if you're not thinking about it in terms of therapy, just having that confidant who you could go to and talk to, if suddenly you can talk to them, say it's your mom or your best friend, suddenly you can talk to them and like finding someone else to then have that conversation with and share share what's going on in your head, share your thoughts, emotions with, it's hard to trust that new person with this new with all this per really personal stuff, right? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Oh, there she goes. Okay, <laughs> bye. I think I've got Marley behind my head. Um, I can never work out which way to go. You might see her pop up at some point. How how has therapy helped you? Has it be have you seen a lot of improvement having been able to attend therapy in for the last ten years? Well, let me tell you this. Um... I couldn't, before therapy, I couldn't even answer phone calls or make phone calls. So, um, and I definitely, I want to say like, mentally, I was still very behind for my age. You know what I mean? Like I was younger than I actually physically was. Yeah. Because I hadn't developed enough skills, socially speaking or yeah. mentally speaking. And like a lot of my coping skills were very bad without the direction of therapy so it's been a huge it's been a huge help and you wouldn't have been able to you you wouldn't be the person you are today with, without that therapy absolutely and i think the most important thing like 100 percent, the most important thing about therapy is if if it's not hard like if it doesn't feel like it's kind of work and you kind of like if you aren't confronted with things that make you a bit uncomfortable sometimes, like about yourself, your therapy isn't going to be very effective. Okay. Yeah, that's understandable. I think that's a great, great insight and a great, um, a great watch out because if something is, isn't making you uncomfortable, then you're not learning from something, right? Exactly. And like your therapist isn't there to be your friend. Your therapist is there to help you challenge, you know, maybe the mental gymnastics or fallacies you've fallen into. Like I had a very, I tended to take too many things personally, like not, not in that I made him angry, but like in that I would turn it inward and be like, everything was my fault or this is the reason that things went wrong. And like, clearly it's my, like, it's because I did something. Um, and the best thing I learned from therapy is that the only actions that you can control are your own. You can lead everyone with an example. You can give them the advice. It's their decision to take it. It's their decision to act on what they're going to act on. It's their decision to do what they're going to do. If anyone tries to tell you, well, you didn't do this and that's why I did this. No, you made the decision at the end of the day. So. Yeah, yeah. You, you have you have control over your own actions 
I think that's really important. I think emotions you can't control, but what you do with those um, is what makes makes a difference, right? And I think with a lot of people, um, it's it's learning to kind of perhaps be aware of your emotions. For me, I've always struggled to understand what emotion I'm feeling and when I'm feeling an emotion. Um, I think I've always been quite I, numb I to that. that. I understand that. <laughs> but then once you once you get to a space where you acknowledge or you understand you're feeling this, then it helps you to be able to kind of act um, in a more a controlled controlled manner to to whatever it is you're feeling that's that's fair that's fair um honestly i mean am, am i allowed to ask you any questions because yeah sure you'll be a I, first I have, one, I, I have one for you that is that if it's too personal you don't have to answer but i'm just wondering have you been through any trauma of any kind have, growing up um trauma so let me let me give you a, a, a brief history i wouldn't say trauma no but what i have been through is i was raised by a single single parent um basic my basically my my dad left when we were very young um he um my mum basically kicked him out for uh because okay, he was abusive okay. But I was very young at this age, although I knew about it, I'd never witnessed it or experienced it. So I didn't, I don't know how much that affected me. I also don't know how much not having a dad in my life affected me. But um, I was, I, I grew up along with my brothers and my sister um, in a single parent household. We struggled to, to kind of get through day to day. I remember mum always taking us around the supermarket with a calculator, like working things out. Could we like what what we could actually afford and her having the moment like when it's all being cashed through, like, is this is did I work it out right? That type of thing. So, so um, and I think I don't, I don't know. I, I, I struggle a lot with severe anxiety throughout kind of my young childhood up until probably I, I still get it from time to time but it's a lot lot less than it used to be um going to public bathrooms was oh, i hate those <laughs> oh, God. I, I don't and i don't know what it is i, I think it's i it's the, in fact I, I think i've worked it out over time like the for me the fear of being judged is 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 huge like in whatever oh way Same. shape or form it might be like just walking through a room a crowded room i feel like i used to feel like everyone would be watching me and i like be paying so much attention to like the way i'm walking that i might like stumble or fall over that type of thing right 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 no i feel that i definitely feel that so that that honestly, honestly i mean without without like without delving too much into it that alone is traumatic enough for the record <laughs> i think that's why you tend to be sensitive to other people because you know what it's like to have to have struggled so i don't i i just wanted to like grab a common ground because like yeah i definitely have also been through some trauma as well and it's you can own it without it owning you 
And I think that's really like super important. And that's one of the hardest things to do, especially um, as said trauma escalates in, I guess, like severity or what have you. Yeah. Because like um, my mom left, so and that was was very abusive as well so like it's a very similar um and this year well this past year now i've definitely been struggling with the fact that she would contact me very sporadically like very very sporadically like every maybe five to ten years maybe okay um other than when i was very young and she was fighting for custody which i think she was fighting for um child support Right. Like, I don't think it was, I think it was only money. Um, uh, I had to really come to terms with the fact that she was dying this year, or last year, and she did pass away. Um, and trying to reconcile the, she is my mom, and I did want a relationship with her with, I didn't know this woman very well, was very difficult, and is very difficult. Um... Yeah. So, like, even just the trauma of feeling like that parent isn't there, or it's like, would it have been different? Like, even trying to rethink, like, would this have been different if I had had this or that or another thing is challenging for sure, for sure. Right. Yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, those emotions are completely understandable. I think it's, yeah, it, I can't, I can't relate to that specific uh experience i can like my mom passed away a few years ago i had a i had a very good relationship with my mom um so that's obviously had an impact on me again i'm not the best of understanding my emotions and what thing what of an impact people things have had on me so uh it, it's still hard for me to reflect and think okay this is this is what it's done what I what I do I, I I think about her a lot and what I um what I do try and do is is, is make her make her proud so I think that experience has given me room to grow as a person and to try and kind of be the best person that I can be so that's that's how I use that and try in, in a in a positive way but yeah I think there's still a lot of underlying things there that i haven't dealt with and oh, i'm sure, sure i will sure. soon <laughs> honestly i think you're doing great personally like like i didn't know her but i think i think she'd be proud you're you tend to spread a lot of kindness and positivity so like there's that and i think that alone is something that's very commendable because most people don't choose to like don't choose to work on spreading kindness some people can do it sometimes but not everyone chooses to do it with every action and thinks about it with everything um actually you know considering the whole like emotion thing i feel like i i'm very similar i compartmentalize my emotions too much okay um and then i don't know what i'm feeling especially when it comes to i'm feeling this way but if i see somebody else is feeling bad i will put my own stuff aside because i need to help them and I tend to do that, 
constantly. It's, oh no, I need to help this person feel better with this, and have I done this and that and this and that, and um, now it's balancing out the help other people and self-care and like it's been it's been a challenge it's been a challenge yeah yeah i think that's a really good topic self-care and like making sure that you are you are looking after yourself first because until you are completely happy and um i guess cared for in yourself it's hard for you to give back to people in a loving and like positive way even though the intention might be there if you're feeling low and you're trying to give something that you don't have to someone else then it's probably not going to work out the way that you might you might want it what, what is it um you talked about so self-care do you have any like practices or any like things that you do to help you in that regard oh my gosh well i have a whole rant on self-care so <laughs> well like my self-care like okay so when so when the term self-care first started going around people were like take a bath buy that thing do this thing and i'm like that's fine but long-term self-care requires work unfortunately long-term self-care requires you getting up out of bed brushing your hair brushing your teeth putting on your clothes eating food getting yourself into a routine and you know but also understanding i need a nap today or i need to pull back and do some stretches but it's like there's a lot of work involved in self-care it's not just immediate gratification and i think that has that's like it's a whole social capitalism thing that's like goes insane but it's like no self-care is work self-care is work self-care is being is telling yourself i want to draw i i want to draw more and making the time to do so at least once a week or scheduling um like an exercise hour or doing this or doing that and like that's very important and i think too many people are using self-care as an excuse to not self-care, you know, to do the exact opposite and develop bad habits. Hmm. Okay, that's interesting. I think routine is the key thing to self-care. You've touched on it. You've you used those words a couple of times, schedule and routine. I think if you're able to create a new habit um, out of whatever it is, that you're doing that that gives you this 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 self-care and i think there's lots of different things that can come into that as you've have you, as you've talked about like exercise eating well um for me it's 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 yoga and, it, and it's meditation that's that's two things i need to schedule into my life in order to kind of get my mind right and um that's that's what i'm trying to do more than 2021 it's my it's my new year's thing that um i know will help improve my mental health and not only my mental health but my my physical health as well which come which go hand in hand have you got any practices any practices you said art um honestly streaming 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 keeps me on a schedule I have to wake mm. up by a certain time 
I have to be ready by a certain time, like presentably ready. <laughs> and then I have to like start up my stream and, and interact, like whether or not I'm feeling good or bad or what have you, like that keeps me on a schedule. So like that's one of the biggest things that has helped me personally because I'm treating it more like a job. So like, yeah, it keeps me, it keeps me on a very specific schedule pattern. Yeah, that's super helpful. I think the problem I've got at the moment is we talked about this a bit before, but my sleep patterns are pretty much all over the place. I get my eight hours, but they're not consistently at the right time. And for someone who's read and learned a lot about sleep, it's not only about getting the right amount of sleep, it's about like the consistency. So you need to be waking up. Um, you need to be going to bed and waking up at the same time every day in order for you to kind of get the full benefits of sleep. And that's one thing I'm struggling with at the moment. I don't start streaming until three o'clock, so this doesn't, yeah, yeah, doesn't yeah. really help me. So I might have to change my schedule a little bit. That's a good, that's a good learning, <laughs> something to think about. I mean, like, because, and I know maybe it's due to my ADHD and due to the, what do you call it? The, the, there's a word for it. You know, when you can't start a thing. Oh, uh, procrastination. Mm, almost, but not quite. Okay. There's like a specific term for it, but yes. Um, having, I, if I have other people and not just myself waiting on something. So like even just the idea of people coming in to see my stream at 10 keeps me starting it up at 10, except for today. Today is a 6 PM one. So is that like, um, a good pressure all the time? Yeah, it's, it's good for me to, it tends to be good for me because, um, left up to myself i will just become a cat and nap forever <laughs> <laughs> this is an amazing conversation by the way thank you oh you're welcome i don't know i was just thinking honestly i do do i do, do i said do do i do, um, do. I do. <laughs> another poo joke <laughs> <laughs> um i do well when i can take a nap in the middle of the day at some point or at least shut down for a little while um and that's not everyone like I don't know it's it's interesting like the I'm sure like you said you've read a lot on sleep the whole like humans evolved to not to not to sleep eight hours a day but to sleep like in shifts like you where you wake up in the middle of the night do something and then go back to sleep for a bit oh ideal <laughs> <laughs> I have some moments when I can't sleep I've had some of my most profound creative moments and i think they say it's between like 3 a.m and 6 a.m is when your mind is in that state of like the most um creative point that it could be um so there are benefits if you if you can't sleep then perhaps you use you can use that time to be creative in in a way that kind of fits fits your passion or whatever project you're working on right 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 Oh, and don't miss it. Like creativity doesn't have to be like art. It doesn't have to be writing. It can be anything you're creating. Like it could be like a dumb slideshow. It could be a, a, a planning a party for somebody at the end of COVID. Like it doesn't have to be anything profound. Yeah. You know, like I think that's important for people to know. 
being creative just means you're creating something whether it's a plan to do x y or z like even if it's just a to-do list you're still making something and putting something down tangibly you know yeah yeah and i think what creativity helps with is kind of getting out of like this this thought cycle negative thought cycle that might not be doing you much good or won't be doing you much good at all helps you to use your your energy in a more kind of productive way so um yeah as you said any type of creative um output is 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 super super effective to kind of using your mind for something good rather than procrastinating and kind of dwelling on things that you can't you can't change or you can't you can't do anything about right now right right dwelling on things is always dangerous that tends to get pretty good yeah i do procrastinate quite a lot so i'm preaching to the choir here you know one of the things that that works for me schedule your fun time don't schedule work time schedule this is the time i'm gonna have to not do something (laughs) also shockingly um don't put your like your if you have a timer for i'm gonna work this amount of time don't put it on your phone because your phone is like an immediate distraction right hold on let me just nice it's an egg timer it's just a wind up one I can't get distracted by this. So it top, helps like just. Top tip. I think I think for me, like my mobile phone is um, often a distraction in the in the worst, worst possible way every single time. I kind of I kind of miss the the like old Nokia I had in high school, high school, like late high school is when I got my first cell phone. Like you, know, you couldn't do anything on it. You would, could just text and call and it was easier to call because at the time you still had to like you didn't have the full keyboard (laughs) and play snake of course and play snake (laughs) i got too frustrated at snake so i didn't play it too often luckily (laughs) (laughs) nice is there anything else like you use um anything any like rituals or anything that you've learned that that helps you kind of cope in in the moment when you are having a particularly bad day or time is there is there something that you know you can can turn to which will help get you out of that if you're angry so i think i saw i did i see this on twitter i don't remember but it sums it up um if you're angry at everyone right in general like you're feeling like a general and it's not due to anything in particular you might be hungry if you're angry at yourself and it's not really due to anything in particular you might have you might like not have gotten enough sleep food or sleep (laughs) so like checking on those first Mm. does wonders to improve your mood also like if you have a hard time cooking don't be ashamed to get like ready-made meals like like frozen things or even just like eat some like heck just eat some canned corn or something like eat something and you'll start feeling better 
Yeah, it's true. The the term hangry is is a thing, particularly in my household. If I if I'm hungry, then it does affect my mood. And... Oh, I'm a huge I'm a huge bitch if I'm hungry. Well, <laughs> I had the uh, the I had the experience a couple of days ago where I know I didn't get enough sleep. I was up a little bit too late playing some video games with my friends, and then I had an early appointment. So I know I didn't get enough sleep, but for the rest of the day, I just felt down. And I, because of this information that I have and the knowledge I have, I knew I could, I knew I could kind of pinpoint that on my lack of sleep. And it was just, right, right, right. it's just so profound, like knowing that information, then experience it. And you're like, yeah, well, okay, well, I know I have to get the right amount of sleep. Otherwise, this is what it's going to do to me. Do you drink much caffeine? Um, I I don't I mean I have two two cups a day coffee is my favorite drink but like yeah in our in um in Ayurveda they um they discredit coffee quite a lot you sh a lot of, a lot of health specialists I guess say you shouldn't drink coffee but I can't I can't get off it right right I I tend to drink tea um but honestly like don't substitute don't substitute caffeine for sleep no 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 like do not no it, it but if you find the amount of sleep uh like like say some people can sleep six hours and be good and can uh, like go with what feels like i don't know both most productive and good to your body you know what i mean so like I think I need about like eight or sometime between seven and nine, depending on how bad my lupus has been. Mm. Um, but I also find that if I sleep past a certain point, I wake up with a headache. So part of that is like, you know, dehydration, but that's definitely sleeping too much. So if you can get yourself up earlier and you find your, you function better that way, like do that. If you find that going to bed at a specific time helps do that, like, I don't know, sleep is really important. And if you, if you have insomnia or issues like that, um, before you look at meds, look at your diet, um, what you're consuming during the day, what times you're consuming them, um, try to wake up early no matter what time you went to bed Hello? um Hello, my phone just went off <laughs> um, so like it isn't about the time you go to bed it's about the time you wake up so wake up at a specific time and you will start going to bed earlier you know what i mean like it's gonna suck for a few like days weeks however long it takes but get your ass up at like if it has to be at 6 a.m., do it at 6 a.m. If it's 7, do 7. Like, if it's 8, do 8. But, like, try try within that. Like, try between, like, 6 to, like, 8.30. And I think you tend to be more productive. And I tend to be better if I'm up earlier. But I've been having a harder time getting up early right now because of the whole, um, the vitamin D thing and all that jazz. But, Yeah. Yeah, and there, there are lots of things that help you prepare yourself for sleep as well. 
such as like turn off technology one to two hours before bed, like have a hot bath or hot shower before you go to bed because your body needs to kind of cool itself down to get into that sleep state. Also, open a window for I don't know a couple of hours before you get into bed. Having a nice cool room is something that really helps um, oh to my get gosh, your body in that. Yeah, there's so there's so many things. Pitch pitch dark. Make sure your room is is, is dark, unless you're scared of scared. I don't know unless you get scared of the dark. But um, there's lots of things that are both helpful for getting you to that sleep state, but also unhelpful. So yeah, you would mention don't eat too late. Don't have a big meal late. Don't do exercise too late. I think there's. There's, there's lots of things that we could all learn in order to kind of help improve how we sleep and how how we get that to a kind of a consistent and healthy state. Oh, oh, the other thing that was very profound that I saw recently is when you're like in therapy or when you're working on your mental health, you're not aiming to be happy because happy and depressed are two extremes. You know, they're, they're on two ends of the extreme. What you want is that middle okay contentment, right? What you want is that balance. You're not, you don't want to be ha ha happy. I'm doing great. Cause that's like, I don't want to be manic. Like that's, that's not where I want to be. You kind of just, you want to be able to get yourself to a point where you're like, I can just go to sleep without thoughts rushing through my head or like this, this thought cycle doesn't paralyze me for the, for like three hours or something, you know, like. You yeah. want to figure out how to quiet, you know, you just, you just want contentment and ironic. Actually, I do have a, a thing that I do. Um, now that I think about it, if I'm having, if I'm having trouble, I'll kind of pause and think, um, and it's really stupid and basic, but not, you know, you know, like, but I'll, I'll like settle down and I'll think about it. I'll say, you know, I have a roof over my head. I have food to eat. I have linens for my bed. I have running water, I have electricity, I have all my basic necessities covered. I'm not, you know, and tomorrow's gonna come whether, you know, tomorrow's gonna come because you can't control time. So right now I am content with the things that I have. Yeah. Like that's one of the things that I think, I try to think to myself. Gratification, it's, it's really powerful. Yeah, being grateful for what you have, focusing on that, because quite often, two years ago, what you had now, what you have now is what you dreamed of two years ago. Like having, like, yeah, all, all those things you talked Actually, about. Actually, you're not wrong. That's pretty, that's very, very on point for me. We moved into a house. I have an office now, so. <laughs> awesome. And it looks great, by the way. All your knickknacks. Oh, yes, I love knickknacks. Hold on, let's see. Let's uh, uh. There's like my skull or my deer skull is up there. And I have a little mini fridge down there and my altar. Yep. Awesome. So lots of good, lots of good learnings. Eat well, sleep well. Um, gratification, obviously. Access to therapy has been a huge, huge help for you as well. Um, being able to talk to someone 
about what you're going through, I think even if you don't feel like you have someone to talk to, getting it down on paper, just a way of getting it out of your head could be really powerful to, to kind and of... If you if you don't want people to read that, my personal my personal take is like, oh, I'm I have it out on paper. I don't want it anymore. Burn it. It feels really good. Mm. Like literally, just set it on fire and be like, look, I am literally ridding myself of this negative thought right here. Like, yeah. Um. Oh, you know, it occurred to me the other thing that I that I know is super important, at least for me, and probably for you. Let yourself feel negative emotions. Don't act like don't act on them if you know that they are hurtful. If you are upset, let yourself be upset. Don't pretend to be happy. Don't pretend to be okay with something that makes you unhappy. Set boundaries because that's important. Um, and say like, this makes me angry and I know it is unfair, but I am going to be angry for a little bit and then we can talk about it. Like, let yourself feel an emotion don't just because it's unpleasant don't like pretend it's fine basically don't 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 hide it away don't ignore it yeah it, it needs to come out it's there for a reason it's a chemical process right and i think that's a great one it's something i need to learn to do i think but um i think that's also awesome thank you for sharing that yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it's something that I think, I think in some ways we're kind of similar. Um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not one to say, <clears throat> oh, for sure. I know your entire, yeah, I, I know we're really similar, but I know we're fairly similar. And I think that reminding yourself that I am sad, I'm going to let myself feel sad, but I'm not going to let it control me. Yeah. I am angry. I'm going to let myself be angry. And this is why I'm angry about it, but I'm not going to let it control me is like really important like you don't have to stop it as it gets like 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 i kind of think of it as a circuit right it'll go through one arm go through your body then go out another right like or what have you like you don't have to stop it as it comes up you're you know up halfway through the circuit and try to push it out because that'll just make it worse like let it go let it run its course let it run through and say that really upset me and i know this is unreasonable but I was upset and this is why it made me upset. And then like, it might not make you upset the next time. Yeah. That's really great. Something I should, yeah, as I said, learn, learn to do a little bit better. Yeah, that one's tough. It is very, very tough because I mean, I, this is me speaking as, as like being raised as Asian and as um, a born, born female. I technically consider myself non-binary, but that's, I don't, I don't mind the female tag if it means that we can push for, you know, more representation and what have you. But being raised the way I was, it was everyone else before myself, right? And learning how to say hold on hold on i'm also allowed to feel my emotion first and then let it go was a big thing because i know there's a lot that i've gone through that like it goes eh, the rabbit hole goes down pretty far and i've been through some shit um 
but I think I've gotten mostly, I've gotten beyond like blame. I think it's not like, it's not anyone's fault. There's a lot that settles. And honestly, the thirties are the best time of my life so far. My brain has settled a lot more, I feel like. And I can look at things more objectively without being kind of hair trigger. Um, but yeah, I don't know where I was going with that thought. So I guess I will end that thought right there. But, but that's, that's amazing to hear that you, you feel like you're in the the best space that you have been for perhaps your your whole life. And what you've one of the factors for that is just acknowledging and, and, and understanding and learning from all your experiences and like putting into practice things that you know help yourself. And, and that's kind of helped you get to become the amazing person you are today. I would hope so anyways, you know. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, no problems. So the, the moment you've probably been waiting for throughout this whole conversation is is this final question. <laughs> I know I've been waiting for it. Because um, oh I always like to finish the podcast um, on a lighter note and just trying to understand maybe you more as kind of um, a person to help understand who you see yourself, how you see yourself as well. Um, but if you were a character from a video game, who would you be and why? Um, okay, so this one's a toss-up between two that I can really think of that I relate to quite a bit. Um, one of them is Joker from Mass Effect. And that, I mean, he's got the disability, but he, he pushes ahead. His tendency to deflect with humor is something I relate to, too, um, because I do do that a lot. If I'm like, oh, I'm not sure I'm ready to talk about this, I'm just going to deflect with a really stupid joke. You know, ha 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 ha. You know. <laughs> um, but the stubbornness that kind of under that underlies his character, I also relate to, and kind of his slight airheadedness. Um, and then there's a character that I will fight people over, <laughs> like legitimately. I will I will stand on this hill and die on this hill. But I, it's also because I think I relate strongly with this character. And that character is Sebastian Fail from Dragon Age Two. And it's funny because Dragon Age 2 isn't even like my favorite of the games. It's not even super fantastic, but he has this moral quandary. He has, he, he's looking for, for guidance on it and he's a little wishy-washy on what he wants to do, but he doesn't like, like the main, the player character can direct him, but he is, he wants to stay true to himself through the whole the whole of like what he ends up going through. I don't want to give away spoilers in case people haven't played, but Sebastian, he is really funny. Most people miss it. Um, people underestimate how compassionate he is because they only hear like his character is actually um, religious. Like he's technically like a paladin type of character. So like he'll say, oh, well, the maker will guide you or do this. But people always like people who gloss over his character tend to miss the the kindness behind what he says they tend to miss uh how accepting and open he is and say like wow i had never thought of something that way and like he's very like willing to le listen to other people as long as they're willing to listen to him and 
that's one trait that I just greatly admire and I feel like a kinship with, especially because um, a lot of people who know me in person know that I'm kind of like a spaz, you know, like, and especially compared to some of my other like more like put together friends, I like will come off as like childish or dumb or I don't, I don't know why people come to this conclusion all the time, but a lot of people tend to underestimate me according to my friends. Um, and then they're surprised when I can say something like, oh, very observant or very X, Y, or Z. So like, I tend to like characters who are like, oh, wow, you're not just this, this trope or what have you. Um, but I also don't discourage people from not, not looking too deep because if they don't want to bother, then I'm not sure I want to bother with them. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. A couple of great answers there. Um, very revealing, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, thank you so much. That's been amazing. You've shared so much. Um, I've learned a lot about you. I've learned a lot about kind of your, ex your experience and things that I could take away and certainly look to put into practice myself. So ah, I appreciate you and I'm, I'm grateful for you spending the time today to talk to me and to share everything with um, all the listeners because this will spread far and wide. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I hope I hope you have a good rest of your day. Thank you again. And thank you. Yeah. Enjoy the rest of your day. Hopefully, are you going to be streaming? I will be. 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. Wednesday is my late night. Late night. So. I might be in bed then, but we'll see. Yeah, you see. might be asleep. Usually, usually the people in Europe are sleeping by then. Yeah. But yeah, thank you so much. It's been awesome. Um, I was really looking forward to this, and it didn't it it didn't disappoint. Um, <laughs> I, I've really enjoyed having this conversation. So. Until next time, make good choices, have fun, speak soon, okay? <laughs> <laughs>